Great pleasure to welcome uh, to the program consumer psychologist Adam Ferrier. G'day, Adam. Hi, James. How are you? Good, although I feel morally torn in the sense that, that, that your segment usually tells us how, you know, big corporations try and manipulate us and so we can be aware of that and not fall for it, uh, which is good. Tonight, you're going to tell us how charities and not-for-profits do the same thing. It's almost as if we shouldn't tell people because, <laughs> you know, we should allow ourselves to be manipulated into donating to charity, right? Yeah, there's a great quote that... um. Advertising is only evil when it advertises evil things. Yeah. And so the powers of advertising can be used for good as much as they can for evil. And so it would be fun to talk about the power, how it can be used for good for occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So whatever you learn tonight, folks, from listening to this, uh, just forget it and allow yourself to be manipulated in the future. We can say that. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so have, yeah. Have you heard of the um, Ice Bucket Challenge? Nope. So for the last two weeks, there's this thing going around the internet called the Ice Bucket Challenge. And what it does is it encourages... You know, can I just interrupt you for a minute? I love mm. the way you said the internet then as if it was 1997. You said, <laughs> there's this thing's going around the internet <laughs> like it was some new and exciting thing. Yeah, I, I was reading an article today saying it's weird how it's described as a space because we don't quite... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, so on, true. On the internet... Uh, the, the ice bucket challenge, famous people mm. pour buckets of icy water on themselves and then challenge two other people to do the same thing. So Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Martha Stewart, a whole lot of other people have been doing this. Now, right. it's all in the aid of uh, the ALS Association, which is a motor neuron disease. I won't try to say what it stands for. And so that's how they're raising money, by going around getting famous people to pour buckets of water on themselves raising awareness and then getting people to donate. In about two weeks, they've raised about $4 million. Uh, there was wow. an article in the Fairfax Papers on it yesterday saying, is this the end of is this the end or the beginning of giving to charity? And their point was, we're asking people to do such ridiculous stuff now in the aid of yes. giving to charities um, that, you know, what, where is this going to end? And you think about things like Movember where, you, you know, you put a um, – a moustache on your face or SIDS where you actually put a red nose on your, well, on well, your arm. I, SIDS was one of the first to come up with that device, wasn't it? A, 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 a visible device. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, SIDS is a great cause, but why would putting a nose on my car make it make me more likely to donate to it? But, but I think what you're going to tell me is that I was dead wrong. Yeah, I, and yeah, and it got into big red noses for buses for a few years That's as right, well, yeah. and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, pink ribbons for um, to raise awareness of breast cancer and so forth. And then we also have on the streets we have chuggers, uh, which are charity muggers. So those people who come and accost you very aggressively and ask you for money. Oh, yeah. If you, if yeah. So what do they all have in common? Mm. And the, all of these kind of things have been quite successful. And they've got three things in common which I thought we could talk about. The first one is they always ask you to do something other than donate. Yeah, and that's the bit for me that's counterintuitive in the sense right. that, you know, I'm happy to donate. I, I, I don't know if I have to put a big sticker on myself saying, look at me, aren't I a great guy, I donated, which is what these things essentially are, aren't they? Well, if, if we take the first one about getting to act in a way that's not a donation, have you been approached by a, a chugger by... Any charity before? Yeah, the most memorable one was dressed as a very large koala. And what was the first thing they say to you? <laughs> Can I have a eucalyptus leaf? No, um, <laughs> I I can't remember. 
It hasn't uh, happened it for ha- a while. It happened to me a couple of weeks ago. The first thing the guy said to me was, hey, can I tell you something funny? Right. That, that was it. And I which, went, is, huh? which is more likely to get a positive response than can I have some money? Well, it's more likely to get me to stop and engage in the conversation. Yeah. And it's the same kind of technique that uh, door-to-door salespeople use in the 60s, which is the foot-in-the-door technique. So as soon as they get you to say yes, as soon as they engage you to do something or start to be involved in that thing, then you're, you're one step more likely to end up making a purchase or, in this case, giving a donation. Mm. So it's about getting people to act in a way that – acting towards the, the charity in some way – other than making a donation. Um, and we tested this, uh, I'm going to use the word scientifically, but I'm going to put it in quotes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a while ago with Save the Children, where we, are, we showed some people a rational ad and then asked for money. Yeah. We showed some people an what? emotional ad. Oh, yeah, yep. You know, like, so a rational ad was, hey, 10,000 people die each year or whatever it was. An emotional ad, which had uh, lots of, pictures of children starving and flies in their eyes and, and so on, all those kind of yep. visuals that we're used to. And then the third group, we asked them to say, look, we don't know what our ad should be, but can you write an ad for us? It can be about anything, but just you write the ad. Then after we did that, for each group, we then said, actually, can you also donate some money to save your children? The group who, who, we, who, ended up, who we asked them to write the ad for ended up donating a lot more, significantly more, than the other two groups. Because they're invested in it. Yeah, they've invested something of themselves into it. So yeah, if but, I grow a moustache, I'm invested. Is that, is that, is that the point? That, that's right. And, you've, and not only that, you've invested for 30 days. So you're yeah. part of your organisation. You're into it now. You've got a sense of ownership. So as soon as you do something – so the amazing thing is as soon as you do something And all you've actually done, sorry, is actually – You're right. All you've actually done in, in November is not do something, i.e. not shave <laughs> a, a, a part of your face. That's right, but you are you are actually signal you are you are making a commitment. Yeah, and it couldn't be more visible. Yeah, and that and the visible thing is where we're going is the second point. So all of these things have what's called in the psychological literature a signalling device. Yeah. Before you go, on, just let me give the number and the text number if anyone wants to join the discussion. We're talking about with Adam Ferry about how charities get us to donate. The number one three hundred eight hundred. Triple two one three hundred eight hundred triple two, text o four six seven nine double two seven o two. Sorry, Adam, go on. You're right. Um, so a signalling device is really a way to communicate to other people that you're involved in this particular charity and create, trying to create a bit of a social norm around that charity. Mm. So trying to make it feel like everybody else is already involved. And I, and I guess again, this is what um, the ALS Association with their Ice Bucket Challenge, November. Red Nose Day, the Pink Ribbon, they all are very, very good at creating signaling devices that you wear as part of the challenge or part of the action that you've done, and it then tells everybody that you're involved in this as well. So, so is your theory as to why that is so successful that secretly we do want everyone to know what a good guy, you know, what a good guy or gal we are for, for donating? And look, look at me, I've got a moustache, look at me. I've got a red red nose. Look at me. I'm wearing a pink ribbon. That shows I support the cause proudly, but also shows that, you know, I'm probably generous. We know, we, we know that it's, you know, different, people have different motivations for doing uh, the one thing. So mm. for some people, uh, that social kudos may be important. But if you can layer on, for the people who it is important, if you can layer on that, um, that reward mechanic on top of the um, action, 
then it's certainly going to help aid uh, donations. Yeah. The other thing, it, but the other, so that's one thing. But the other thing it then does is signal to others that it's normal to donate. So it's actually it's a normalising effect, which what makes it so powerful. Um, I don't know if you noticed the. Um, and this is a bit weird, so I don't. I don't even know. Sometimes you, mm. you read this research and go, "God, is that really true?" But uh, the research on the, you know, where they do the towel studies in hotels, where they put little signs in hotels in hotel rooms, trying saying, you know, ninety seven percent of people pick up their towels after they use this. Oh yeah. You know that that kind of stuff that has that sen- t- tends to have a bit of a, has had a bit of a wear out factor now. So the next thing they're doing now is they're actually actually giving people like tie pins or lapel things to wear to show that they're um, picking up their towels after them. Now, as I say, it's... Really? Seems, yeah. So <laughs> it works in, in kind of conference situations was the study I was reading. I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine I'd ever do that. Maybe it was an American in the Midwest or something. Maybe that was their excuse for doing I don't know. But anyway, mm. so signaling effects are, can be strong. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you've got mm. – uh, th- this is what successful charities have in common. They get you to do something. They have a signalling device, something you can see, like growing a moustache that indicates you've done it. What's the third thing? The third thing is they all have an idea that's worthy of interacting with that's beyond the charity itself. What do you mean? So prostate cancer is to do with men's cancer and kind of men's – virility, I guess, if you like. Yeah. What they've done is they've taken that that um, proposition and turned it into an interesting idea that actually doesn't have any doesn't have seemingly anything to do with prostate cancer, which is Movember. Yeah. So they've they've created a fun idea that doesn't have anything to do with the charity, but it's linked to the charity's central proposition somehow. Mm-hmm. That's that's the third thing they've done. So how, yeah. how have they linked it? They've just linked it by saying. You know, if you grow a moustache, you are supporting prostate cancer. That's well, well, supporting research into the cure of, I should say. Well, because prostate cancer is to do with men's business, oh, and, men and it's about growing moustaches. a it's about growing a macho men's moustache. Yeah. It's kind of linked to the proposition, if you like, a link to the charity. So does that? So the ALS uh, thing with the um, chucking the water on people, yeah. I don't think it's as strong an idea because I don't know how that idea is actually linked to motor neuron disease. So the good ideas that people interact with in somehow, in some way, express the proposition of a brand that they're trying to communicate. So I wonder why um, um, Red Nose Day, in, in, uh, raising money for sudden infant death syndrome, Great. Is, is the connection there Red Nose equals clown equals entertainment for kids? Or is it something I else? I don't know, James. That's a good question. Mm. And also, because that one started probably, I'm guessing, 20 years ago. Yes. I think maybe just the novelty of that one at its, at its inception was enough to make it to make it live. Yeah, yeah. But but nowadays they have the ideas are linked much more closely to the cause. We did a campaign for a radio community radio station um, in Sydney called FBI Radio. I may have spoken about this before, and we 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 had to raise some money or else that station was going to die. And instead of asking everybody to donate. We asked everybody to creatively ask Richard Branson for a uh, million dollars, and whoever asked got the money un- and unlocked it from Richard Branson would win fifty thousand dollars. Wow! Now we thought that was, and that you know ended up raising a hundred thousand dollars. The station survived, and you know they've now opened up a, a nightclub and all this kind of stuff. But 
what we asked the kids, what we asked the, the listeners to do was to express their creativity, which is what FBI, the radio station, is all about. So, arguably, in some way, we used the create. We we were expressing the brand through the actual idea. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I see. So the, the brand was creative, interesting radio, and uh, your idea was about being creative and expressive. Yeah. That's right. And then you unlock the money from Sir Richard. Mm, mm. But then the final thing, and it's kind of 3.5 or 3.5, is creating PR and buzz and getting free media because media is expensive these days, so getting things talked about. So all of the ideas we're talking about today still are attracting much more PR and getting a lot of attention above and beyond what they'd normally have to spend on advertising. So if you're starting up a new charity and you have worthy aims and you want to raise money for a good cause, I mean, what's interesting is that you haven't said in any of this, you haven't said these sort of causes are generally more effective at raising money than others. It's it's not necessarily about the, you know, perceived merits of the cause, is it? It's about the strategies and tactics surround it or, or a bit of both? Uh, no, I think it, it's almost exclusively about the strategies and tactics and around creating an idea to get people to interact with above and beyond your particular charity. Mm. So, so, you know, you've got things like motor neuron disease creating a really interesting kind of uh, funny piece of content with famous people pouring freezing cold water on themselves and they, you know, give a, a squeal every time it happens and stuff and it's... It's funny and engaging to watch, and so I think the I think the 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 real challenge is to try to develop ideas that people will interact with, and are kind of create content and talkability in and of their own right, irrespective of the, what the charity is or what what it's actually linked to. Mm. So that's number one. And then if you can get it to if you can get the two things to link, then it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Adam. As always, enlightening. Now everyone has to forget this and allow themselves to be uh, to be uh, manipulated by ch- charities because it's not a bad thing to be mani- manipulated to give uh, to give money to worthy causes. Is it? Is it? No, I guess not. Yeah. Good on you, James. Good on you. Thank you very much. That's uh, consumer psychologist Adam Ferrier. You're on ABC Local Radio. <laughs> 